Relations Committee, I welcome you with open arms. Is that so? How late do you stay open? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why she wouldn't even harm a fly. What's up, everybody? You're listening to No Co Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush, and I'm Connor Cornelius. And uh, as always, we're super excited to be back with you for another week of Chicago film talk. Connor, how you doing this week? I'm doing great, dude. Just uh, went to Pitchfork yesterday. Nice. It was, it was awesome. Sir? All of the bands were amazing. Saw Big Thief for the first time. That was fun. Oh wow! Yeah, she is an amazing guitar player, and uh, just watching her sit up there commanding the stage was a treat nice i I, you know i'm really sad i had to miss uh pitchfork this year because i I went at a lot of fun i went um i know went a couple years ago for like the 10th anniversary and saw some great acts um mainly went for run the jewels because i was really into rtj at that what was was that three years ago something like that yeah um and i was there last year mainly for lcd sound system right my top tens we're in a music mood we are. We are definitely Absolutely. in a music mood this week. Uh, we are very lucky to be welcoming two fantastic guests. New Trash is the filmmaking duo of Nat Alder and Connor Wiles. They combine the low-budget, anything-goes grindhouse works of Roger Corman and William Castle with a high-concept video art of Spike Jones and the irreverent jubilance of John Waters. The two hope to channel their DIY roots to make films that embrace fearless, unhinged creativity by using low-cost methods that allow the creators to retain control over their new engaging works so right now in studio we have nat alder and connor wiles from new trash guys welcome to the show thank you thanks for having us us here uh so you guys are the first music video filmmakers that we've had on the show Uh um (laughs) well we're it's i know we're kind of we're kind of throwing you guys in in the deep end yeah um we actually were introduced to you guys not in person but uh uh, John Davies that runs Cinema yeah, Obscura. Yeah. We Shout saw John. we Great. saw in the in the uh, description of what you guys are doing or your new projects. You describe the lengths that you'll go to like uh, tell a story within your music videos, and one of them was Barney being ch- hunted <laughs> yes. by a bunch of kids, and that is the video that Tom and I saw yeah. uh-huh. at Logan Bar. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's what it was. We were at Logan Bar, and um, we were there for Cinema Obscura, and we yeah. saw that video, and we were like, Gee. And, and John was standing right there. He was like behind the bar yep. running the whole thing, yep. and I remember the two of us watching it and turning to John being like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> New Trash, you gotta have who, them on. And, yeah, that was that's exactly exactly what it says new trash you gotta have gotta have them a brief history of uh how we got introduced how we were introduced yeah and um that's awesome so let's let's talk a little bit about the formation of new trash the ethos of it like why this why you guys wanted this to happen uh you formed in 2016 during Mm -hmm. both your junior years at uh columbia college here in chicago right Mm mm-hmm and tell us a little bit about that meeting of the minds, how you guys came together and decided to make this a thing. You Take it away. Take it and get in the baton <laughs> early. Classic. Yeah. Um, He's into it. Man, we met like, 
on is it confirmation? Con- is that what it's called? Convocation. Convocation. Yeah, Some like shit second like that. day of freshman year of college. Yeah, where they herd you into a room and they have like a bunch of Frito Lay's bags and they do trivia. They're like, anybody want to ask a question? And, and they'll like throw bags of chips at people to if keep you get them. it right. <laughs> if you get the questions right. Yeah. yeah. And I saw this kid was like running like a pool shark hustle. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just got like thirty bags. Dude, of, he's like, yeah. I got Cool Ranch. I got. Like, <laughs> they had to loaded. stop. They had to stop giving them to me because yeah. like, if you have too many. <laughs> Bags of Listen, you know, Res Life only gives us a certain budget. You know, <laughs> right. we can only do so much. There's only so much Cool Ranch. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember Connor was sitting behind me, and I think you were saying some really funny shit. You I was just, just like, glaring. <laughs> yeah, that was glaring. my that was my mo for college was just the glare. You we know? were just Love making it. commentary on on people's questions, and I thought this guy was hilarious. And then they shepherded us into a room and had us do like a video interview. Of what we wanted to do when when we were big boys. Yeah, they were like, "We're gonna give you this. We're gonna give you this video when you graduate, and you're really gonna look back and be like, wow." And then they never did. They never. Yeah, did. They never even. So gave I'm like, it to you. there's no. Columbia. Well, well, did you guys take it seriously? Did you guys take it as the emotionally, you know, formate formative uh, video opportunity that they expected you to? I was sweating bullets. I'm like, here we go, like yeah. laying it all out. They're gonna like put me in a database. Like, yeah. what movie did this kid say? Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I have to ask, what did you guys say in your respective videos? Man, that's a good question. I, I think I definitely was like, I was trying to act all like you talk, hot, you hot on shit. I was talking about Price a lot. I was talking. I talked about Fatty Arbuckle in oh, my first one, okay. where they're like, "What got you into you know into movies?" I was like, "Man, uh, silent stuff like Fatty Arbuckle, Buster Keaton, like that's what my dad was really into when I was young. Yeah. So that kind of mm-hmm. was my first, and I thought it was like." Fuckboy enough. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I Do we swear on this? Now. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Totally. It was definitely fuckboy enough. I was trying to like come out like, man, you know, these just, kids are gonna say like Fight Club, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, I was just like Fight Club and Zodiac. No, uh, I was. I talked about how my dad showed me Apocalypse Now and Jaws when I was like five or six, and then how my mom one time brought home a DVD copy of the movie Kids when I was six because she thought oh, it was a kids movie. Wow. And I remember seeing that and being freaked the fuck out. Yeah, like is that years. is that Harmony Korine? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jeez, yeah, that movie is <laughs> about, like, AIDS and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's Jeez. about oh, yeah. just, like, teen sex and a uh, hot day in New York City. Didn't you say Shaun of the Dead? Shaun like, of the Dead, your, yeah. your top? Yeah, it's like Shaun of the game. Dead, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, Shaun of yeah, the and Dead. then we just walked, because we didn't know where anything was, so we just kind of, like, that's early college, you just kind of grouped together by proximity, and you're like, okay, like, this is it now like the, this is well we kept making plans to go see blue is the warmest that became together. like an ongoing joke because we you know it's it's called you're like yeah we'll hang like you're trying to suss out like who's a serial killer and who's like a normal right. person yeah and yeah and then we got in a class together which is first year seminar which is like the classic like it's like the Columbia. worst class. it's the worst class oh, uh, my God. it's just about like what do you feel when you look at the color purple mm-hmm like the movie or the no, actual like, that's, like, that would be a day, a day in class would be like colors what what do you right? feel what do you what, feel what do you no but feel? go beneath that what is when you What's look at really the, the teacher would always tell you what do you feel and then you'd give her an answer and she'd be like I don't think that's right <laughs> <laughs> well Okay. Ask me about try to go works. deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I try to go I've... even more indigo. Try to go <laughs> <Right>. further. <laughs> yeah. So going to Columbia, you both initially wanted to. You wanted to go into film. That was your your yeah. Yeah. first instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, why why music videos? What's your musical background? 
Uh, I mean, we both played in like bad, bad bands high in high bands. school. Yeah. I think that's that rite of passage for everybody else, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Both dig music a lot. Yeah, and we <laughs> both, I did, uh, I started doing theater really young. That was like my first kind of like art shit that I fucked with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a lot of like Shakespeare and musical theater, stuff like that. You know, Bye Bye Birdie, Robert Bridegroom, like the yeah. classics. And I really dug that that was really my first sense of like what is drama what is like theatricality it was like through that very specific lens right and i always dug movie musicals and stuff like that and i think that's always been a part like when i watch a movie uh it's kind of like the unconscious rhythm of things mm-hmm. are really mm-hmm. important to me like scene to scene like the flow and like okay we're really high energy here then we're taking it down then you know it's how Soderbergh talks about stuff a lot rhythm like on the release. on the ocean yeah, yeah exactly totally. like on those oceans commentaries <laughs> we're not nerds uh, but just that that sense of like musicality in film and I think all my favorite movies have like rhythm to them especially mm. you look at people like you know Scorsese and stuff like where it's just the momentum and the power yeah uh, even without like the jukebox soundtracks it's just the way the shots and everything go together like there's an orchestral sort of vibe to it and And, I like that and Scorsese really kind of he'll sacrifice traditional filmmaking rules Mm -hmm. you know quote unquote in order to achieve that rhythm I I definitely feel what you're saying there because you'll see something like The Departed where Mm -hmm. if you break it down scene to scene you're like wow this is actually really messy this Mm -hmm. is kind of all over the place but when you feel the rhythm of it people love it like it's really got that thing you're talking about so true yeah Yeah. I, I did have a question actually um so when you're making the when you're writing the music videos are you mm-hmm. taking you must be taking into account obviously like the dynamics of the song so if mm-hmm. it gets louder if it gets quieter yeah. the push and the pull like you mentioned but is that informing the narrative yeah. that you guys come up with and everything because it does seem like there is a narrative to your we look at the like the song as script yeah like that's kind of right. how we approach it which are like you mentioned the rises and falls mm-hmm. there uh but yeah i think we've initially like we were trying to like cram narrative into the song because yeah. that we were like it's a move like it was, coming out it was it. concept yeah. first and then yeah. it was just kind of fitting where it could in the song and then we sort of realized that there were just kind of like too much going on in a lot of our stuff like the the barney one was a good example of that where yeah. we tried to but fit it's like i think by that, when we got that. to that point yeah. it was like how do we allow the narrative and the music to kind of coalesce it exists mm-hmm. equally uh-huh. and we think those are the ones that are really successful where mm-hmm. neither takes away from the other it's really mm-hmm. like synergy man it's synergy, yeah, yeah. synergistic yeah. yeah yeah if it vibes you know i hate to like be the vibe dude but i'm like yo but if it vibes it, it vibes man well, yeah, i mean and it's yeah. it's, it's a good true. way to describe the feeling mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. especially when watching a music video i mean um I don't want to be the guy that you know tries to sound the death knell for music videos, but you watch a lot of music videos today. So there are some that are like I would can still consider like hot, truly high art. I'm like mm-hmm, this is incredible mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the amount of creativity that goes into it. But music videos seem to have a lot a different sort of weight now. Things have shifted a lot. Obviously, we've moved from mtv to youtube mm-hmm. as the yeah. main consumption uh platform everything's content true mm-hmm. everything is content but music videos have a truly long you know relatively long and storied history of being this fascinating amalgamation of art um are there particular music video directors or particular music videos that really pushed you along in your style or you've thought like wow i want to see how i can incorporate that into my music videos into my regular film all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i think like um you know people like chris cunningham definitely uh were sort of embracing really weird stuff um at an earlier time and that was really inspiring to to watch uh 
But then there are people like Hype Williams who kind of defined like a modern cutting and coverage sensibility that we've always admired a lot. And so that's that's somebody that we've looked at, um, especially yeah. more recently now. But, but uh, I mean, Spike Jones, man, like yeah. that's it. You yeah, know, that's like. Uh, no, there's so many, and that's what's crazy is there's just it's constantly there's so many because there's so like sh- short form content. It's just mm-hmm. there's a barrage of it, so to mm-hmm. kind of keep up with it. But yeah, the drop by Far Side, like I don't know if you yeah. guys are like no. privy to that one. It's but the they, one where it's backwards. They they, re- they shoot the whole music video for reverse, and they had yeah. like a linguist work like that their lyrics backwards, so they would <laughs> rap the how it would sound backwards in real time and just like yeah so like the dedication to that is just like staggering when you look at those concepts and like how far they'll take it that is pure craft oh that is insane wow yeah that's one of the best yeah i've never seen it um so i'm curious if you guys have like a john landis was the guy that obviously directed the thriller music video for michael Mm -hmm. jackson Uh and i watched an interview with him where he was talking about that and he said when they when Michael Jackson came to him with the idea of, or just saying that he wanted him to direct a music video, he said no, because he thinks that music videos are just commercials for CD releases. <laughs> but now in a world where they're, the CD release is going to be nothing, I'm curious about what uh, is it that keeps you guys tied to doing music videos? Because, uh, Connor, you've directed and wrote your own films. Uh, Nat has helped... Uh, produce them and everything mm-hmm. and you're also familiar with uh, mm-hmm. directing and as a director For in sure. your own right mm-hmm. curious what keeps you guys interested in music videos man they're cheap to make yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, they're, they're three minutes yeah you know? that, that was kind of the impetus in, in making music videos in the first place was you know we were there in junior year of college and we had a choice where we could make a big capstone project and put a year of our resources into making one short film or we could you know keep working and music videos were a really good avenue to do that because it kept us afloat and in, in a scene where there's lots of music videos coming out especially in chicago and uh it allowed us to just keep making stuff on small scales yeah we had to cut the fat like it's the yeah. di- i think it's the difference between student the student production stuff you get looped into right where it's this insistence upon a tradition that doesn't fucking exist anymore yeah and like nobody in college is talking about independent marketing as like videography on on Instagram like the the we're like in the age of the YouTube entrepreneur mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and no one's talking about that they're still just like well then you get the AC and they're gonna have to answer <laughs> and uh, fundamentals obviously and right, I understand sure. like a, a, a foundation is understanding the tradition and is understanding how things are supposed to operate um, but they just man they just like hold to it so hard where there's right. just so much it's like, like you're gonna get red it tape AFI, and you know? like bureaucracy even at Columbia mm-hmm, where man. it's like your idea has has to go through like eight different fucking people who all have different agendas <coughs> inside the school for what teacher they like or which one they don't too. want and they're <laughs> yeah. all yeah and like good people like i feel like we're just shit talking no but, yeah like good awesome. people but it's just there's there's this divide now between like old media and new and yeah. nobody understands it and we're watching like companies try to catch up and like industries try to catch up and yeah, we right. see that with like 
the infiltration of YouTubers into like the mainstream stage with TV shows, deals, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what the question is yeah. now. At this well, point. The, the <laughs> yeah. question was what, keep, what keeps you in what music videos. You but when um, you, you mentioned something that was re- I thought was really yeah. interesting, looking at a music video is almost an opportunity for short form content because short form content right. is that's what everybody watches now. Yeah. Right. People yeah. want their instant. Now we have IGTV mm-hmm. right. where it's like you can even go a little bit lo- more long form. You can have a music video up on your Instagram right. TV. Mm-hmm. And by the way, plug for the new trash Instagram. It is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is, it is like, Thank seriously. You. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to see you guys adapting to this, as you said, new media. Mm-hmm. And it's something, I mean, even with Connor and I here doing a podcast, which is mm-hmm. essentially the new media version of talk radio, yeah. mm-hmm. um, adapting to that, I feel like new trash is really looking forward in that direction. That's and uh, how do you guys feel about using social media? It's I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I fucking hate it. It's, it's, it's no, another job. Like, yeah, no one told you oh, it was the fourth stage of making something. Yeah. Like, it's literally the like sell you, is harder yeah. than making it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you have to uh, spend, there's so much like and algorithms. Like, I don't oh, like what's an algorithm. I, I didn't realize <laughs> you had to pay Facebook to be able to access your own friends to show them your stuff. Right. And that's yeah. really that's really tough. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's crazy because I, I guess we have nobody to blame on ourselves because mm-hmm. you look at people who make it like uh you know people make it like and people make it work like videographers become youtubers become viral and they're able mm-hmm. to make it off of that and just sure. their own like like cole bennett like lyrical yeah, lemonade yeah, yeah. like that dude built like a fucking empire yeah. <laughs> off of his camera and his like marketing skills you know mm-hmm. and like props that like no i can't see a recent example of somebody who took off like that right in like the music video game yeah. but it, it becomes more like as an artist you have to be focused on making yourself a brand just as much as pushing your content and that yeah. that can be really fun. and that's what the new trash was the the new, the tra- new trash the yeah new well we trash. were like just make it a label like make it a like he said like a brand mm-hmm. you know uh but i think the main reason was because if we fucked up we could just get rid of the name and try to get, <laughs> yeah. get away clean on our own right you know? screenplays. are you are you worried about trying to do that it sounds like you guys maybe uh making yourselves a brand making your art a brand is it maybe sacrifice of authenticity for you guys or what is it about that that makes Mm. it that's difficult Uh, a little bit i mean you don't want to get yourself too much in the way of the artists you're trying to promote you know you you just want it to be the the best content that can just stand on its own but um yeah i mean you just kind of embrace with embrace what you have right Mm -hmm. at this point you know i'm not gonna say like it, it would be it would be I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm sure yeah. if we were getting like mad likes and shares, we'd have a totally different <laughs> yeah. like, opinion. We'd be like, "It's great, old stuff's dead." Like, yeah. Along with the internet, but that's the game. You know, you either hit or you don't. And it's so. At the end of the day, I think once you remove the chase and like the hunt in social media, mm-hmm. and what's left and what you can control is the work. Right. And that's where you can further yourself. And if you put your time and energy into that specifically, like with short form content, like you were talking about, it's how can we get to make like a mini movie? We get mm-hmm. to make a little piece. And as filmmakers who really appreciate, or I, I shouldn't like, but we, we, love, we, love, we love movies, yeah. man. And yeah. that's, yeah. you know, where we come from and what we want to do. And uh, the ability to just try, like, okay, on this one, we're going to do, like, let's do, like, some Bava 60s -hmm. black and white stuff Mm -hmm. and incorporate it into the sonic landscape of the band. And then, cool, for this one, like, okay, it's a rap video, but it's kind of like the Red Balloon and kind of this. So (laughs) it's just kind of like a monster mash of stuff. Like, what influences do we want to try our super cheap, no-budget version of Mm -hmm. and try to do our best at, I don't know, aping it, but just kind of... 
doing that inspiration, making yeah, it its own it's, thing. It's totally working. If you ask me, it's totally working. And you. you even mentioned um, that this summer you guys shot your first major label video, correct? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. Def Jam slash Good Music, mm-hmm. uh, the artist uh, Valley Valet Valet Valet, yeah. uh, and you got that gig through another big Chicago brand, uh, Fake Shore Drive, yeah. run yeah. by Andy Barber. Andrew oh, Barber, yeah, really great dude. Yeah. Um, so what was that like working on your first major label video shoot? It felt like the first, it felt like we were back. Like it felt like we were making our first video again. Yeah. Yeah. We felt so fucked and like, we had no idea what (laughs) we were doing. Paperwork. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Equity. Yeah. I'm like, wait, like what's a, a Lisa image agreement like what's it you know because we're used to like shooting with a bunch of like drunk just, people just, and kill their studios and like getting o'clock, people you know? together and moving you know yeah and like stealing locations and like that stuff it was great though I mean the it production was. itself was really really fun the crew was really on point and they, they had a lot of fun making it and uh, we had yeah we had a huge crew on that we had like 45 people on that wow. so really? it felt it felt good to go back to that kind of big scale thing where Connor and I were actually able to like stand behind a monitor together and just talk about shit whereas usually we're you know we're so consumed with 15 different well because we're doing crafty we're doing this we're <laughs> yeah. doing, we do everything we're you're in there with the producing. handheld like you're doing the whole thing well, well we, we don't actually, touch we don't, don't touch that's the, the one thing we're not shooters <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. so when we start any project it's like zero like we yeah. have nothing yeah. because we don't have a camera we don't have like locate anything mm-hmm. yeah so it's always a zero-sum game of the idea and then working up and most of the time it's the situations and the what's available really dictate like the artistic choices that are made yeah as you know you wish it could be the other way around but it's kind of interesting like how it is formed we're like two days before you shoot like that dude's aunt forgot that location can't be used so it's like well i guess it's outside now (laughs) yeah like we're not gonna not shoot (laughs) you know yeah and i think that helps kill a lot of uh you know there's the mentality that it's what what is perfection you know what yeah. is what is art what is crafted and you're just kind of like oh i don't know man like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gonna be what it's gonna Getting be what you get on the day and yeah. having yeah. fun doing it you know that's super i mean in the past we talked you remember when we chatted with eugene sun park yep, from yep full spectrum features uh i think he had a similar sentiment where it's like well you know as you said shoot is in two days and this location's gone what do we do mm-hmm. like well, how are we gonna how are we gonna fix that but it, it lends uh what i would say is a certain um artistic authenticity yes but also um an artistic i don't know style to it. when i want when i watch a lot of your music videos i get that feel that you guys are in in the shit yeah. you know it's it's apocalypse now you're down the river <laughs> you know and i guess the uh the end goal the end music video result is colonel kurtz yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah, his extended metaphor inside, yeah. what he's seeing yeah <laughs> the horror you know and uh but it, it it creates a lot of really interesting visual fun art um i want to ask you know connor you mentioned have talking about silent film Mm-hmm. and having that being a big influence and when you're dealing with music videos you're often telling stories with no dialogue mm-hmm. you just have your mm-hmm. music how do you incorporate that silent film influence into telling those stories no dialogue what does that help you along do you think of it in that way yeah i mean in the sense that it's like image first right because mm-hmm. if the audio is removed and i think it's the same mm-hmm. where i guess man even on the shoot like it, it is like you're shooting a silent piece you know because you the music is going to be there but it's so removed from like what's actually happening uh yeah i think what it's really about is 
man i i definitely like romanticize like that era and there's this kind of like cowboy like fearlessness sure. like let's jump mm-hmm. off a train you know and <laughs> things like that but it was the fact that they were always willing to put themselves like in the shit in harm's way mm-hmm. uh to achieve like a cheap laugh you know so i think maybe it's more like the attitude of silent filmmaking or at least kind of how we've mythologized it like that attitude of like just go out do it and you know maybe you'll get hit like that barney video like i'm barney yeah in that. yeah like that's barney. me that <laughs> way are you serious was yeah apocalypse. like oh, that was God. and it was raining and yeah. like all this shit so i'm like you just got to do it like no one else is going to wear that barney suit and get no. beat up by kids <laughs> you know but and you know i'm like yeah like what would fatty arbuckle do you know he'd get yeah. in that suit and he'd, he'd like take that, that hit suit. you know yeah a hundred percent i remember one of the neighbors lent us a golf cart for that one oh, and man. it was just me driving down the street in a golf cart while all these kids are chasing Connor and I'm just like go and they all chuck their spears at him and I'm like this is one of my proudest moments it's gotta be weird do you remember the old lady we had a, our buddy Haya was on that with us he was mm-hmm. like helping the kids and watching Harry Potter videos with them to like mm-hmm. keep them quiet yeah because yeah. they were rowdy but yeah we took the golf cart out and had a really like lonesome like smoke <laughs> on the golf cart smoke. like when we were trying to figure out what to do with the day life? and this woman looked over and I, I can imagine her like confusion because it's a dude in a barney suit just like, like smoking with a couple of other don downtrodden guys just driving around a gated community in like a golf cart you know thank uh-huh. you to barrington illinois yeah, yeah. god bless Barry- soccer team so i feel like this is ramping up a little bit let's talk about the shoot that you ju- or the video that you just released on the 20th black uh, bear rodeo black yeah. bear rodeo's blue mm-hmm. pencil mm-hmm. so uh I don't know if you guys are okay with sharing the budget that you had for this one. What yeah, was it? it was two hundred dollars. Was it? Yeah. And you, it involves you setting people on fire. Yeah. I mean, talk a little bit about the production of that, and maybe just a little bit of insight into the idea that you like you guys got when you were trying to make this one. It was Joseph right? That yeah. Was so our, our one of our stunt buddies named Joseph Rourke, who's one of the most insane creative amazing people we know uh he contacted us out of the blue and was like hey man i'm looking to kind of light myself on fire for my reel he's kind of looking to do it kind of looking you know (laughs) who knows but uh and he was like would you happen to have like any projects that could maybe facilitate that and when we hear something like that that's that's like go it's like okay well we will yeah Yeah. Yeah, so yeah he messaged us over like three months because we shot a video with him with uh chris spencer did a video trash bin where we Mm -hmm. had joseph he jumped off a ladder and like crashed through a craft service table and that was yeah and uh he kind of messaged over the winter like every few months he'd be like hey uh how about that fire? Did you guys hear anything about that? Like, uh, what's going on? So we just built a video around that concept mm-hmm. of like knowing, okay, we're going to light on f- a guy on fire. And we were like, can it be the whole thing? But then the specifics of like, he can be on fire for like 15, like eight seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but then Blackbeard Rodeo, who we had already shot a video with, with the same stunt team. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to do a new track and we were like, okay, cool. Let's figure out how we can work this around the idea of a fire guy yeah and we had like a whole idea originally where it was like french resistance people we we're gonna <laughs> blow up a lot of like miniatures and it's at the end like blow up the earth institution yeah it's gonna be like lay institution <laughs> like things like that um got too complicated it got way no, too complicated miniatures are too well we were trying to do the vans so we we're gonna have them like play a guitar solo on like top of a van that was driving us so we just yeah. couldn't find anywhere to like drive around and it was winter yeah so that I, I it's, I always, it's ironic how we could pull off a fire but we couldn't find like a small stretch of road 
road to drive to a drive van a van down. on. Yeah, yeah. But then DZ Records came in with a uh, Ben over there, mm-hmm. and uh, DZ's great. They have DZ Fest every year, mm-hmm. a big, nice little summer DIY fest in and, uh, Hickory Hills. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And which is great because we don't have a car, so like every time <laughs> we have to go anywhere, it's like, well, it's funny because we'll be like, okay, who do we know who has a car? Great, they're the UPM now. You <laughs> nice. know, like, yeah. Well, you got to get down there somehow, yeah. man. And Freddie's great. If he, Freddie's if he, awesome. yeah, shout Freddie's out great. to Freddie. Um, yeah, and it just kind of ended up being, I don't know where the aliens came from. I think it was, it was what, like, we went real back and forth on what we wanted the idea to be. And it was finally like, you know what's going to allow us to make the most fun is if we just keep it simple. Because the last yeah. one we did with Black Bear, we had a whole rogues gallery and there was just a lot of stuff going on. And we wanted to kind of pare it down. So we were like, you know what? Aliens, they're yeah. coming. Keep down. it simple. Yeah, with the aliens. Aliens yeah. in a band, you know, An exploding head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a guy on fire. Yeah. yeah, as long as it's on Prime, we're good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we put it together, and yeah, we shot in February, and we got a uh, Stephen Wester, who's an incredible local uh, director of photography. He's a mm-hmm. uh, Atlas Lighting Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful, wonderful guys. Yeah. And we shot over two nights at DZ Records overnight, and it in the rain. fucking rained and like hailed, and it was the worst. And it, DZ is like a house, and then a giant backyard, and then a shack in the backyard, and that was a, a giant mud pit, like <laughs> like, f- and that would then freeze over, then melt again, and. <laughs> It was crazy, and we you know, we had like the steady cam op was like I can't do this unless you lay like boards down. We yeah. had to do like a board run yeah. over the whole backyard out like of just random slats. lumber that was laying around, and then that froze over. So we had to like chip out the. <laughs> it was crazy. I remember um, B staring at B cam monitor, and it was literally like sinking, sinking into, into the, the mud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but the fire was crazy. I thought we we freaked out about the fire yeah, pretty we, bad. We, we thought, thought we were, that was it. Like if it went wrong, if we're it done. went wrong, we were done. You know? Yeah, because we were talking to Joseph. He's like, yeah, you know, whatever insurance you had on the last video, that'll be fine. And you're like, no, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but, uh, but it went out. It, it came out great. Yeah, we had a crack team yeah. of professionals, and they were all super awesome. And well, they, that's the joke is that we were all freaked out. Then they showed up. We're like, yeah, we're gonna light two people on fire today. Is that cool? We're like, yeah. Like, yeah you want to do a second person? <laughs> Come on, man. Do that. Yeah, Chloe killed it. Yeah, she was awesome. So, uh, yeah. It kind of it all worked out. I think I, I kind of like repressed a lot of that shoot. I just remember having to drive. <laughs> I remember Stephen shutting it on rain. Like I looked at him because oh, we had yeah, like yeah, yeah. eighty more shots to get, and he was just like, "I'm shutting it down." Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't tell a DP who brings all the equipment. No, we're gonna keep shooting. Oh well, yeah, because he's gonna be like, "Cool, I'm gone." We're like, yeah. all right, well, I guess we're done. Cool. Yeah. Who's got yeah. the flip that cam? Sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and it, you guys are extremely prolific. You've done so many music videos. I want to say uh, twenty six independent music videos. No. That's how many we've shot that's how many you've shot mm-hmm. in the last two years that yeah. since you've been going yeah that's incredible still finishing school and doing all that stuff mm-hmm. so wow yeah. working that much does it i mean and you have these difficult shoots mm-hmm. where do you feel psychologically after that like how do you how do you keep it together because i mean it's you know people on big film shoots also experience that kind of mental duress mm-hmm. of just trying to keep all these things together keep the ideas going trying to keep people safe happy that sort of thing what do you do to keep it just rolling along well safe and happy i don't know <laughs> feed them feed them good sandwiches i think um but no the the big thing is we we just pretty much shoot for a day so so we can i think we can handle we like limit the, the pain i think yeah, yeah. yeah. limit the scope it. of the pain you know yeah. um 
Yeah, I don't really know. It's like how how do we keep like crew and people we work with, or, or like just our own personal? How, just both. a little bit of both, because this. I mean, having to deal with so many different issues and still have a product at the end of it, um, I can only imagine takes a lot of you know just mental like hardening and being like, okay, the, we need to get through this. We need to solve the problem because at the end of the day, I need something to put out there. Yeah. I need a video at the end of this. How does that happen? And I mean, the editing too, I mean, it just looks mm-hmm. like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, it looks, you, have to, you have to edit to music it's and you have prob- to have it work. It's yeah. properly nightmarish. It's great products and everything, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, please. I don't man. It's it feels like we're still just so in it. Like I mean, we it hasn't. We scream a lot into mirrors. We punch a lot of dumpsters. There's a lot of dumpster punching uh, <laughs> but, on the side. But there's again I, on the side. There's the yeah, impetus we, to to just produce something and and have it done, and that that pushes you a lot. And then we watch a lot of movies that we love, and you watch them, and you're like, cool. Well, I think no that gives you there. the juice. Like yeah, yeah, you exert yourself and. I don't man. What's there, the those Jackie Chan quote? We always film is about. forever. Film like is there, forever. yeah, there's that great Jackie. I love Jackie. Shout out Jackie Chan. Jackie, Jackie Chan's Chan great nice. favorite top guy. But he he talked about film and he's like, you know, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go to every theater and tell people like, well, the actor was sick that day. Like, you know, <laughs> the camera it was raining, and he's like, no, no, like film is forever. And yeah. I love that quote because we're the worst people about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you pause any video, I guarantee you, there's a craft table in the shop. Right. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter where it's you're like at. Black Bear, the aliens are wearing North. Face it's just jacket. me, Nat, and our UPM. In, yeah, like these. But they're jackets. trendy aliens. So they are. I think it's North fine. Face. Yeah, they're but, approximating human culture. Exactly. Yeah. He's kind of follow through i don't know man honestly i think it's like just a mix of will dedication and like intentional like keeping ourselves oblivious to Mm -hmm. like the consequence of it (laughs) that sounds like really dangerous i think we have a we work with a very good group of forgiving crew right and at the end of the day we're not offering cash like we're not nobody's getting anything out of this other than the work itself And I think that's the ultimate binder. Like you can really get through a lot of BS if we're all there for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And we've just been lucky enough that people keep saying yes when we text them Mm -hmm. because I thought that'd be over by now. Yeah, we thought. But they still they still keep coming back. They're like uh, they're like Pacino in The Godfather Part Three. You know, every time (laughs) I think I'm out, they keep bringing bringing me back back in. (laughs) They do. That's that's a. I feel like that you know reference should be used more. Like, come on. You know, Godfather Part Three. Let's forgive some things. Yeah, some we just f- watched that <laughs> recently. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't the director just say like he admitted that it was a cash grab? Well, he didn't, yeah. he didn't oh, yeah. get yeah. any time to do it. They gave him. He wanted like three years of prepo, and they were like, "Well, you got six weeks." And and it was like collateral for him fucking up that Robin Williams movie yeah. he made um, and everybody hated it. So it what, like what dreams may come or something? No, like no, that, it's the one that... where Robin Williams plays like a kindergartner. Oh, but Jack. Yes. Oh, that's a, God. that's a Coppola Jesus movie. Christ. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> so he fixes it by putting Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was supposed to be Winona, right? That's so true. Shout out to that's Winona. A, that cousin but, uh, subplot. That was the biggest thing I didn't terrible. get. Right. Yeah. But I don't a know really if it's a cultural thing or that helicopter. Yeah. They like ice. They ice some Cardinals in that. They like shoot eli wallach and he's like 89 years old yeah well that's the fun part about like the godfather and sopranos is it's all these really great old people just like yeah. getting they're just growling at each other yeah. Yeah. plugged yeah all right uh let's take a break here and uh we'll come back in just a moment and we'll we'll get real we haven't Ooh. we didn't get real last Ooh. week we're gonna get real this week talk about some films uh talk about some things that we want to get real about so stick around back in just a moment 
All right, guys, back again. No Co Cinema here on WGM Plus. Uh, Going to get into our Get Real segment. Our beloved, hallowed Get Real segment. Yes, that we started a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, I think I had a lot of fun talking with Jess Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Love it. Uh, she was a lot of fun to talk about. So we want to keep doing this because um, we, we want some hot takes, maybe some medium hot takes, you know. <laughs> somewhere in the mild region if you're into that you know sort of scale so uh connor wiles why don't you start us off what do you got uh what do you want to get real about you know what we were talking about this earlier i'll just go out and say it like this video essay culture (laughs) this is my hot take like it's bullshit like that's <laughs> man yeah and I'll, I'll say names nerd writer all these people man like i love how we've democratized opinion and i think it's wonderful that everybody can really we're really we there's so many opinions out there uh but there's these like really specific dudes who make the same fucking like faux intellectual pieces that are so if you actually watch them they're so easy to break down is they'll choose like a super neutral statement that is like widely applicable to kind of anything because you could be like there will be blood is about the death of america and i'm like dude what isn't about the death of america? <laughs> you know like i'm sure you could find like mama mia like you could work it somehow it's like no but here we go again like yeah that's right man we here we go again you know <laughs> metaphor for McCarthyism. Yeah, McCarthyism. Yeah. Or like, it's actually about the Iraq War. Like, <laughs> Exactly. So they choose these super widely applicable statements and then they just work backwards where they're like, okay, here, this is what I think. And then they just pull little things and it's just so transparent, man. They The way they talk, but I'll admit this, like their editing, their post-production is so down where it's slick and everything transitions and fades, but uh, they'll just be like, yeah, the point of it is me slowly working towards the realization that it's true <laughs> and every listen to the videos back to back and they have the same delivery every time and like it's so good no it's no beef like i get it they're no, you no know, all the beef all the beef <laughs> I, I just think it's like everybody i i think it's yeah fuck it all the beef it's ruining film criticism really? and it's it damaging is. people's brains the, this hot take think piece here's or not i, I should rephrase i'm not gonna throw think piece out no there, but, but it's it's to know what is there is not enough you have to be able to say why it is there right and that's not yeah. what I just do. think it takes kind of the man like where everything's a BuzzFeed list about the stuff. I'm like, what happened to emotion and like connection? You know, okay. why why does mm-hmm. everything have to be reduced to a thesis statement? You know, and what are you yeah. doing with that? And I don't think it's cheapening it. Your art you experience art on your own terms, but it's just become this like thing. Man. Yeah, where it's yeah. like everybody has to have a unifying theory. Like yeah. there's a better way to display certain certain sentiments than just a thesis statement. I think right. that's fair. And I would challenge I'd be curious to see uh now there's some there's some essays that I really love to watch. Same. Um, I think uh for me my favorite is Lindsay Ellis. She's the incredible best. She's so the full she's plate. I, the whole plate. Yes. I was, yes. Her fe- the <laughs> feminist theory in under the lens of Transformers is fucking it's incredible. incredible. <laughs> it's one of the best and, pieces and of she, journalism. That's I've the seen. best part. She doesn't take herself so so seriously mm-hmm. about it. She's like, yeah, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, but I'm gonna try to teach you something in a way that makes sense and do it in a way that is like so well researched, mm-hmm. so well understood. And she's still just like, but you don't even have to fucking agree with me because who cares? We're talking about Transformers, right? Yeah. Um. So I love her, but I would 
I've been reading, um, and maybe I'll get real about this in a minute, but I've been reading Lynch on Lynch, just hmm. uh, David Lynch's interviews uh, mm-hmm. with this one guy, Chris Rodley, and this sentiment that, like, not everything has to be understood. You know, the there's um, kind of the legend around him is uh, in Eraserhead, the baby prop. Everybody talks about the weird mm-hmm. psycho, like, worm baby that's in Eraserhead. And um, David Lynch has, to this day, never told anybody how they did it. It's this incredible work of special effects. And people have asked him. People like Stanley Kubrick were, like, so curious. Like, oh, I wonder how David Lynch did that. And he ne- he still to this day, he's like, no, it doesn't matter how I fucking right. did it. Because right. mm-hmm. once you know how I did it then it doesn't seem that special anymore. Mm-hmm. Now look how special it is because it's so weird. And um, he's got this kind of aura about him where he hates over-explaining things. And I think that's where we're at with the video essays. Mm-hmm. Is like, why are we trying to over-explain there will be blood when you can just have a really raw emotional experience? Right. You can try to break down some things, but like at the end of the day, just have the experience. The best films are about feels. Yeah, right. just watch I'm not anti-analysis right. or anti-film right. theory. Not I mean, that's, you know, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of how we like experience films through different lenses and really contextualize things. But chill the fuck out yeah like, get, yeah. get get real uh right. you man just yeah. get, real. get real bro right yeah. i think that's <laughs> real essays because people don't know what they really want right they yeah. think that they want all the answers but when they have all of the answers then they're like but what next mm-hmm. and there is yeah. nothing after you find out what the ending of 2001 a space odyssey really is supposed to be representing yeah right? like Mm-hmm. That interview, I I refuse to watch it. I would not watch once, it. I, <laughs> once you told me about it, yeah. I was just like, you know, I don't want to know what he says. I don't yeah. give a fuck what Stanley Kubrick thinks about his own movie. It's like, what does it matter? Like, it's just cool. Like, exactly. It just looks cool. fucking awesome. It's like, yeah, it's one of the most important movies of the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's just leave it at that. Um, so from Connor Wiles, he getting real about video essays on YouTube. Uh, Nat. Let's go. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to keep it negative, but I'm going to keep mine a little bit shorter. Um, I really don't like the movie Baby Driver. I think it's kind of a piece of shit. And and (laughs) (laughs) I I love Edgar Wright. I think Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite movies ever made. And uh, Baby Driver has this thing where it, it is so hell bent on sticking to its own conceit, which is like having everything be defined by the songs and the soundtrack that it like completely fails at letting itself breathe as a movie and i think mm-hmm. all the tension gets taken out of that but on another level i think the the story of that movie is just muddled as fuck and super complicated and i can't really figure out why everybody thinks it's so great but uh yeah it just feels like there's so much shit going on in that movie and edgar wright has a lot of trouble just trying to like make the leap uh, beyond everything that's totally fantastical into a more quote-unquote grounded world. And uh, I hate how there's like seven father figures in that movie <laughs> and the movie happens to say nothing about any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was just like, you know, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. But that was like, that was one of the best tweets I've ever, I think I've ever read. Was he my, tweeted about Baby Driver? He said, fuck, fuck baby, baby Driver. driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty well, awesome. And, and for me, as and I'm someone that is the 
I I really was super lukewarm on it when I mm-hmm. first saw it. I came around to it in the sense that like I did get very much enthralled by the editing and the like the the craft of what he did. Yeah, sure. But the the p- problems still remain for me in the characters and the story and what the right. fuck was going on. Who's the villain in that movie? <laughs> I like I frankly I think that that was like him taking apart what an action movie is like a car heist action movie <laughs> is and taking it apart and and messing with people's conceptions or perceptions of what uh, a heist movie is because when it's introduced okay kevin spacey's gonna be the bad guy right 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 oh and then they introduce um uh jamie fox he's gonna be bats, the main yeah. mm-hmm. bats he's gonna be the main bad guy oh and john ham he's cool to the main character so he'll be the cool like father figure that tries to get him out of the game and then he puts all of those things somehow for me at least effectively maybe not effectively for mm-hmm. other people but i think that he took the trope of what your expectation of a character is, and by the end of the movie has completely turned it around. That, that's super interesting because I saw I, those things as loose ends that were just like refused to mm-hmm. be tied up. Yeah, you know, um, but, you know. I would throw in um, Edgar Wright. Seriously, needs to apologize for what he did to lily james's character yeah or lack thereof yeah right she's not even in the she's like no one which sucks uh, because i think she's a pretty good actress i think she's fun i didn't see cinderella i have no i I mean it was it was cinderella that's for sure john waters loved it has that already happened it was on his top list has cinderella already yeah Yeah. i think that was before beauty and the beast yeah i think so beauty and the beast was really terrible oh yeah (laughs) that was like 15 minutes of that movie and i'm like how do you how is this all medium my favorite yeah It's like, make sure you get half of them dancing. Yeah. Make sure you get half their body dancing. It's like they shot it for 60 bucks. Like, it's a new trash budget. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my my main thing that I walked out of Baby Driver with was like, wow, way to celebrate the 50s aesthetic. Yeah. And, like, the, like Thoroughly. basically be like, yeah, women are basically no one in this movie. <laughs> they, they, he, seriously, I yeah, think that's the most. It's the a- most aggressive that Edgar Wright has ever been towards female characters. And that guy made Scott Pilgrim. Right. Like, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies ever, too. Like, it's so fucking good. But, yeah. And even that, sad. like, I go back and watch it and I'm just like, uh, his attitude towards the source material is very different than I think what Brian Lee O'Malley would have wanted. But it's still, mm-hmm. it still rips compared mm-hmm. to Baby Driver and right. the way that he just handicapped both major female characters and, and made them just like male gaze there's eye like candy. a fridging problem in that movie like totally and and that's just like in every modern action movie too like that, we're watching that trope deadpool is back too and like deadpool 2 is like back to back to back fridging it's yeah. insane it's stupid yeah i hated deadpool 2 i was like this is easily one of the worst movies of the year <laughs> i thought it was really mediocre like just, just love that kid yeah the kid love is that oh, kid. yeah hunt for the wilder people for the, yeah that's the so best good. He, that so i funny. wish he could have gotten a better debut to major audiences but he'll be right. fine he'll be yeah, great he's he'll got taika watiti on his side yeah um so nat alder getting real on baby driver <laughs> fuck baby driver fuck, fuck baby, baby driver, driver. <laughs> <laughs> uh Connor Cornelius, what do you want to get real about? Fuck, I have nothing. I've been sitting here thinking Defend Spider-Man no. 3. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I wish I could. Uh, that that scene with him and the dancing and the dark clothes has Masterful. scarred me forever. It's pretty fun. Um, it's so fun. Let's great. see. I've seen I've seen a lot of Okay, so let's let's just go through what I've seen recently. I've seen two Terry Gilliam movies, a movie written by John Cleese and uh a movie that was made by a former collaborator with the with Studio Ghibli. Hmm. So I watched 
the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus because mm-hmm. uh, Netflix, I know it's okay. Netflix, yeah, and mm-hmm. then also, uh, and I hadn't seen a Heath Ledger movie in a while, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. I thought that the way that they did that, they pulled that off was pretty well. I guess kind of a hot take in that one. Uh, I feel like Vern Troyer is always a punching bag in like yep. all of his movies, yep. and I it kind of made me think that maybe I understand why he had a little bit of a problem with like alcoholism mm-hmm. and drugs yeah, oh totally because mm-hmm. he totally. and like the other terry gilliam movie that i saw time bandits he's also incorporating um little people or whatever the uh correct terminology is for mm-hmm. that i'm sorry not 100 sure mm-hmm. but um and those the people in those movies the uh the dwarves or whatever their characters were called were uh, treated very well, but then Vern Troyer, for some reason, in the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, is like the butt of the joke. That is sucks. the butt of the joke. Yeah, he just yeah. keeps getting like dropped. Christopher Plummer is just kicking him around. Like yeah. it's like, oh, when something's serious, let's break the tension by having Vern Troyer fart or something. You know? Like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, and uh, that is disappointing. It was disappointing, is. but um, so Terry Gilliam. I, I don't know how I feel about that guy anymore, especially after he's been in the news lately talking about how he's like a black trans lesbian yeah. or something. Yeah, oh, fuck he's off, kind Terry of Gilliam. Fucking, he's like, kind of a fucking idiot. Yeah, that yeah. was when I read that. I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me, Terry." I mean, and he is—he has had uh, an uphill battle for for being part of one of the most popular and influential comedic groups yep. of potentially all time. Right. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out Monty Python. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's had a remarkably difficult time. I'm getting his movies made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he even, just lost his movie. Yeah, he just lost <laughs> fucking The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. <laughs> he just lost it? Yeah. I heard yeah, that he got just it like, again. You I know, heard he that he lost got it. the court battle. Yeah, in lost Spain. the court battle. Yeah. Oh. It's fucking crazy. a but Holy like that shit. doesn't give you the right to even compare to, no, to like yeah. make that dumb of a joke and honestly you're just you're just shooting yourself in the foot now yeah but like the people who were behind you are also the type the people who are behind terry gilliam and terry gilliam's art and you know all that stuff is are the pe- same people that be like yeah we need more representation in movies right mm-hmm. exactly and then he turns and does that and then look where you're at now you're just fucking shooting yourself well it's in the interesting foot. So stupid because you think like for the longest time the narrative is like oh he's this like visionary genius who people just can't handle and that's the reason you know his work has always struggled and now you're like man maybe he's just an asshole and that's <laughs> yeah, why, exactly. yeah, and maybe exactly. that's why his work around, struggled yeah. you know and maybe he just makes he made good things in spite of the worst parts of himself, yeah. but yeah, those started to artists. override. Yeah. That is an that is an interesting thing. I think that there there might be a lot of truth to that. I mm-hmm. think there really might be. Um, like An- Andrew Zawalski was a huge asshole too. Did you guys see Possession? Have you guys no. seen that? Check it out. Yeah, Tops. It's awesome. Tops. Made by a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> I um, watched a fish called Wanda for the first uh, time. Yeah, great. Written by John Cleese. Got yeah, Michael perfect. Palin in there. Jamie, awesome. Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. yeah, that was a great movie. So good. I think John uh, John Cleese wrote that movie because he wanted to make out with Jamie Lee Curtis. Probably. That's kind of maybe my hot take for that one. Or, yeah. Or work with Kevin Klein. Or Never work with know. Kevin Klein. Could be. If only joy. he made out with Kevin Klein. Yeah. I oh, think wow. then he could have really missed opportunity to heighten his career. That yeah, truly. That movie's just hijinks. Like that, yeah. Yeah, it all is. that movie it's, is. Yeah, it's just bits yeah. within yeah. And it's funny because I don't think you could really get a movie like that to happen anymore because people want concept. You right, know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not that fish call one that doesn't have concept, but it really is, as you said, just hijinks, silliness, mm-hmm. well, bits. 
Yeah, and a lot of studio comedies now do that, like, Paul Feig thing that he did, I think, pretty well in his earlier stuff, where it's just like, let's set up two cameras. The shot just, yep. just let them yeah. riff. line yeah. rama And it's like, there's no story getting accomplished here. And that's either, that's you know? the thing that sucked about uh, when he did Ghostbusters, because it's like, mm-hmm. wow, you, just, you were allowed to have some of the funniest women in com- comedy, some of the funniest yeah. people in comedy yeah. right now, really hot um, for, you know, bringing people in to see yeah. a studio comedy. Mm-hmm. And you wasted it on having them trade stupid lines, like really bad lines. Yeah, yeah. And it's it sucks because they're talented, but and they could have been so much better if they were given some actual direction. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be rude to Paul Feig. I think he's contributed yeah. a lot of things to Super modern comedy. Talented. Please yeah. be rude. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know, get you know, figure it out, man. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> right, right. I feel the same way. Yeah. All right. So hot takes from Connor Cornelius on Fish Called Wanda and Terry Gilliam. Yeah, the, little Monty Python. Is, is there? Do you think it's because he's the only American? Do I think that that's why? It's I don't know. I think he considers himself. I think he's more proud to be English than any of the other living ones right now, despite being American. Well, he's he. Wait, which one? He gave up his citizenship. He's, oh, his, fuck off, Terry <laughs> Gilliam. You're American. Yeah. <laughs> you bleed red, white, and blue, my Just man. Just like the rest of us. <laughs> Just like the rest. Son of a bitch. <sighs> I'll come for you, son. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all Drag right. your ass back to Cape Cod. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where he's from? I don't yeah. know. He was. Uh, we worked, he worked in New York for uh, for like a magazine. That was yeah. before Body Python. Yeah, yeah, that was his thing. Um, all right, I want to get real about James Gunn. Yeah, because he holy just, shit. For those Damn. of you who cool, don't nice. know, thanks for the pass. Well, yeah, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> leaving. No. So uh, yeah, James Gunn officially fired off of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. He was going to be the first Marvel Studios director to helm an entire trilogy. Which really, who gives a shit? Um, now that means right. it can be Ryan Coogler for right. when they make Black Panthers two through eight. Right. Um, <laughs> and. This this was really shitty uh, because on uh, essentially what happened for those of you that haven't read about it, but I'm pretty sure the entirety of the internet knows that James Gunn was fired because um, a bunch of old tweets from about ten ten or so years ago were dragged up about where he made jokes about pedophilia, made mm-hmm. jokes about rape. Mm-hmm. Um, God, imagine being held responsible for the things that you tweeted. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly, and that's and that's where I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place with this mm-hmm. because one, fuck you, James Gunn. Yeah. You shouldn't have said those things those in the piece first of place. Shit tweets. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are shitty tweets. Yeah. I know your trauma, like you do that, you did that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even ten years ago, that shit was like fourteen year old edge lord sort of stuff. Right. <laughs> but so that's you know that's where that is. And he got fired he got fired for the right reason, honestly. Um if Disney's like, yeah, we can't have a director that has said this kind of stuff on essentially on the record mm-hmm. made jokes about rape. Mm-hmm. So we have to fire you. Our hands are tied. So realistically he got fired for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um however it's hard for me to say that James Gunn is necessarily the same person as he was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. Some of it equally as heinous, but potentially with a purpose. I think he's grown as an artist a lot more. Um, since becoming a Disney director, he's changed. I think he's changed a lot. Right. And can any of us really be, you know, if you were to look back and see some of the things that you have said, maybe 10 years ago when you're like 
you know, for for I see like, things that I've Connor, said like yeah. six years ago. That on you're just Facebook, like, fuck. I'm, like, I'm like, disgusted. Everybody that, the, says the way back shit. machine yeah. on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I see what you off. posted seven God. years ago, and you're like, and delete, delete, yeah. Yeah, delete, 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 delete. I was a cunt. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> not not anymore. Hopefully not anymore. But yeah. you know, it's it's one of those yeah, things I was where say, it's like, Tom, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, you know, can you realistically hold someone responsible for something they said ten years ago? Right. Um, I don't think he's changed as much as maybe he would like to believe because the film Super only came out, you know, in five years ago. Five years ago, like yeah. and there are some things about that that probably would not play super well now. Right. Uh, there are things in Slither, a movie that I fucking adore. Mm-hmm. That prob that I I watched it the other day. I'm like, wow, there is some stuff here that would right. not play well right now. But People- Marvel hired him off of Super. Right? That's true. So I'm yeah. like, I don't so know they what knew they, what they were yeah. getting into. Um, and at least with Super, I think the difference is that with Super, he has the plausible deniability of like, oh, it's art. Yeah. It's art. It has right. a it has a message. It has a purpose. I don't necessarily need to explain myself to you, blah, blah, blah. But when you're tweeting that shit, it's like, dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. You made a rape joke. Yeah. You made uh, And it wasn't you know, even a... It was like a... It was like a... Uh, what's the word? He made it seem like rape was like okay or something. Well, I can't remember exactly what it's, it was, but yeah, it was just, they were just really bad. Like, just, there was no punchline. They're just no, yeah, bad jokes, just, man. They're just like they're the. It's the kind of kid that you knew that made like dead baby jokes, right? Exactly. Because right. it was just yeah. like, oh, ah, it's so shock edgy, and awe. You know? Know? Mm-hmm. Shock, shock and awe. So, mm-hmm. uh, I guess for right now, I'm like, well, you know, you made your bed. You're gonna have to lie in it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. learn something mm-hmm. from this. Yeah. That then again. This guy is no Harvey Weinstein. Right. Um, I think he has the propensity to change. Right. And hopefully he does change. And I'm not saying that they should bring him back if he says he's sorry. I'm not saying that people have to accept him ever again because for some people this is like one of those lines you don't cross. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, though, I think that if James Gunn were to show some real growth or some actual, you know, some real uh um i don't know remorse yeah i yeah. i could i could give him another shot yeah, well I dude think- I, I would be so pissed if i was james gunn because i feel like i i heard this i don't know if it's 100 percent true but i heard that the reason that james that they fi- that this these tweets have been dug up mm-hmm. were because of a 4chan group on mike cernovich because yeah, of mike cernovich that's that's the context that i think is super important is the fact that disney got scared by like the pizza gate guys by fucking and, fortune. and that yeah. says if you're loud enough no matter who the fuck you are you know you can you can change a whole yeah. system and it's it's kind of frightening yeah but, yeah that sucks when you have two people coming from a moral low ground right. fighting <laughs> exactly. over it just doesn't make sense knowing that it's the fucking pizza gate guy yeah, i'm like you man. can't be disturbed by any of this yeah. shit, dude you know? and, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so, so much, Nat Alder and Connor Wiles from New Trash. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, uh, new, new Trash Crew on Instagram, at yeah. New Trash Crew, and then NewTrash.net. New yeah, yeah. That's Keeping it old school. You guys got tons net. of stuff on YouTube Wonderful. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, on our YouTube um, channel. Uh, just if you're Googling New Trash, just Google like New Trash Chicago music video. Yeah. <laughs> or else it'll you just come up some with more trash. Words. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's <I> on. <laughs> Right, the danger, the danger of branding, yeah. uh, waste management. Really. Yeah, and right. as we go here, I do want to say uh, thanks to you guys. I got introduced to one of my new favorite um, groups. 
pixel grip. Yeah, yes. so yeah, good. They're the um, best. Just I watch that the music video. Watch all the music videos, but personally, uh, pixel grip that music video fucking blew me away Dope. and again and the music came along with it so check out them uh they're on Bandcamp, and check out that music video uh another fine week of no coast cinema absolutely Tom. we will see you guys next week uh we're gonna have a lot more fun stuff uh coming up uh soon we will be talking to the vice president of dolby cinema Ooh. uh talk a little bit about the new dolby cinema experience and how it's going to be changing the way that people go to see premium format movies um and lots more coming down the pipeline you can follow us at no coast cinema on facebook instagram and twitter uh hit us up anytime if you've seen something cool if you uh know of any screenings coming up that you want to shout out about please let us know and we'll give them a shout out so this has been no coast cinema on wgm plus your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago i am tom hush and i'm connor cornelius we'll see you all next week